This preseason, the Boston Celtics ceiling looks as magnificent as the Sistine Chapel. Are the Celtics set to scorch the league, or is it all a mirage? Last year, the Celts got outcoached in the playoffs, so Brad and Joe reloaded, and now the Celtics appear to have the advantage. We have the latest on the shoe wars, plus good news from Adam Silver in the league office. You won't want to miss a minute inside Lucky's Lounge. Come on in and let's talk Celtics, shall we? Preseason poetry from Peyton Pritchard and the Boston Celtics. The Celtics are riding high and all of New England, all of Celtic Nation around the world is feeling it, Guillermo Diaz. I'm Captain Ron Flanders, joined by my partner in crime here, Guillermo. Tuesday night against the Knickerbockers, the Celtics had their fans salivating. Were you one of them? Oh, I was definitely one of them. I loved the basketball that I was seeing on the court. Uh, those guys played really well together, and that was just the cusp of what's to come this season. You know, I, I got to stay off X because I see people, <laughs> you know, arguing over meaningless lists and rankings and stupid stuff that has no bearing on the game. Then the Celtics go out and play like this, and the next thing you know, people are saying, we're going to win five championships in a row. Folks, it was a fake game. It didn't count. The Knicks didn't play their top five guys. Having said that, there's a lot of things that we can talk about. But first, I just want to say, the Red Sox and Patriots seasons ending the way that they did, New England is thirsty for this, and it could not have come at a better time for them or for me. I had, a, I had an experience in church on Sunday that I, I want to tell you about real quick, Guillermo. Yeah, hit us. I don't, I don't really see it as that big of a deal. I mean, as I usually do on Sundays, I was wearing my white home Celtic shorts with, with a jersey and a Celtic warm-up jacket. I mean, you know, it's, that's my religion. That's my thing. But I was, I was there in church, and I just happened to see three rows in front of me, the Army Major General two-star that is my direct supervisor, <laughs> and so I, I said to my wife, uh-oh, you know, I, I probably should have worn pants. General Brady is here. And she said, well, you should have worn pants because God is here. <laughs> so I out the back of the, the church when, when the service ended, and he saw me, and he came up to me, and he's like, oh, I didn't know you were a Celtic fan. And, and so all week I'm having to hear about this. He's, he's a Chicago Bulls fan. And, uh, you know, I'm never going to live this down because he keeps telling everybody that I wore shorts to church. So can't wait for the Celtics to play the Bulls. But uh, I was just like, couldn't wait for this game. And boy, did the Celtics deliver. 123 to 110, but the Celtics were up 18 and a half. This one was a clinic. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Yes, sir. 52 threes attempted. Out of Joe's 55 that he jokingly uh, said in one of the interviews this uh, offseason, um, Tatum looked like he could do whatever he wanted when he wanted. Um, the guys were spacing the floor. They were helping each other on defense. Um, it's just beautiful basketball to watch. All I can do is just sit there. And just laugh because if these guys play that type of basketball, they're pretty much nearly unstoppable. I mean, I, I was laughing as well. I mean, this was 
equal parts impressive and intoxicating by the Celtics. I, I couldn't stop laughing at times because they were ripping off several 10, 12 nothing runs where you'd have a couple of threes by Tatum, and then all of a sudden Porzingis was hitting and Pritchard was hitting. And it wasn't just the impressive shots. That was certainly part of it. But it was the chemistry, Guillermo. The fourth different starting lineup for this Celtic team in these playoffs. And it just doesn't really seem to matter. They have such a unique mixture of size, skill sets, and now experience that it's clear they enjoy playing with each other. But, I mean, I'll start by talking about Jason Tatum. You mentioned it. I mean, Mm -hmm. the shot-making that he demonstrated in this game was reminiscent of Tatum at his apex a couple of years ago. I think last year his three-point shot wasn't as good, seemingly. But in this game, he looked like he had it. If this is the Jason Tatum that we're going to see in 23-24, he will be at the top of the MVP candidates. Yeah, again, he played... Like, it was just all easy for him, uh, you know, a, a high school player playing against, you know, elementary kids. Uh, for me, the spotlight was on Jalen Brown. Um, he signed that extension this offseason. You know, we had the jokes about the left hand because of last year and how it, the season ended. Uh, so he took 15 shots. I want him to just be a little bit more efficient when it comes to Shooting, he did have some amazing plays, um, and he did lead the Celtics with six assists. He did, and one of those assists was a play that I'd like to see a lot more of, which was a a three five pick and roll with Kristaps Porzingis. Brown had the ball; he dribbled off the screen. Of course, you know Brown is very deadly from that seventeen to nineteen foot range. So, of course, the Knicks jumped it, and Jalen made a bounce pass to Porzingis, who immediately, with that quick release, splashed about a 16-footer, nothing but net. Porzingis is going to score a lot of points for this team. And not only does he stretch the floor, but he can play pick and roll with everybody. And he seems to like doing it with not only Derek White, we saw that amazing lob the first game against Philly, but also Peyton Pritchard. He brought the house down in the fourth quarter on an alley-oop from preseason P. Yeah, they still have to take care of the rock, though. I mean, each starter had two or more turnovers, so that's going to be vital going into the season. Um, And the way the game was looking for Porzingis, I mean, he just stretches out that defense so much. He's getting... That was like a, a quiet 20 points that he got. He's getting open looks, shot 8 for 13, 4 for 8 from 3 point in 28 minutes. I mean, the guy is getting open shots that he never had in his career. I want to touch on the turnover thing for just a second because you're absolutely right. I mean, Jalen had four. Drew Holiday had some bad turnovers. In fact, I think as he ran into the locker room at halftime, he was really – visibly angry at himself for the mistakes that he made. Um, And these are things that they will clean up. These are preseason games. The best time to make mistakes is in the preseason. And obviously Joe Missoula had a lot of film that he could show them. Missoula joked about their poor rebounding because I think the Knicks had 14 offensive rebounds. I think they had like 15 second chance points 
he said, you know, that was a point of emphasis for us in training camp. And it seems like the more we work on it, the worse we get as a rebounding team. Maybe we'll stop working on it in practice. <laughs> Turnovers, giving up rebounds, those were those were weaknesses. But you mentioned the shooting. And I mean, I think Celtic fans, you know, they will always love and and revere Marcus Smart. Certainly I will never get over him leaving in the way that he did. But Kristaps Porzingis has been the Celtics let's say, most lethal offensive player in this preseason. I'm going to give you the Celtics' top eight. Okay, we got the Celtics' Super Six and the the next two guys, Hauser and Pritchard. And listen to these shooting splits, Guillermo. You ready for this? Yeah, go ahead. This is, this is two-point and three-point field goal efficiency. Porzingis, 60% from two, 61% from three. Jalen. 52% and 44% from three. Drew, 45%, 44% from three. Pritchard, high volume, right? Led the team in, in scoring and I think minutes. 47% from two, that's really good for him. 39% from three. How about Big Al? 50-50. 50% from two, 50% from three. JT, not his best, but 43% from two, 41% from three. We can certainly live with that. And this has been over all four preseason games. And Sam Hauser, who missed, I think, every shot he took in the first two games, he's up to 30 and 29. If the Celtics can keep this up, and I don't think there's any reason to think that we can't based on the fact that, I mean, this is a team that's only going to get better as they work on this. We're going to be really good on offense, and I don't even think that's going to be the total strength of the team. I think it's the defense. Yeah, it's going to be fun to see the different lineups that are going to be thrown out there with those eight players. Um, it was great to see them get a brunt of the minutes, almost like a real game uh, scenario. And I'm excited to see the shooting splits, the plus minuses, come mid-season and even come end of season because I think they'll continue to change throughout the season as these guys continue to practice with one another and continue to gel on the court. A lot was made of the the very symbolic first game against the 76ers where Drew Holiday came off the bench. In the game on Tuesday night, it was Al Horford coming off the bench and the Celtics going with a smaller, we'll call it the death lineup with Drew Holiday and Derek White in the backcourt. It's clear that Jason Tatum, who has started every game that he's played as a Celtic over the course of his six seasons, and probably Jalen Brown are going to start. The other four guys, it's anybody's guess. I, I take Joe at his word, as we've said. He will go with what he thinks gives him the best chance to win. But you like this smaller lineup, don't you? Yeah, this is my favorite lineup. Uh, it's what I kind of shouted out last podcast. And then having six-man Al, seventh-man Hauser, and eighth-man Pritchard. And then if you want to go nine, Cornette. But that's exactly kind of how it played out this game. So it was funny to see that after uh, speaking about it on our last episode. Uh, but I don't also – I don't see Porzingis really coming off the bench. I think the other three for sure, they'll kind of – tweak as the season goes per matchup, but I don't think Porzingis will. I know he's willing to if that's what 
you know, Coach Joe Mazzula wants. But I think, like you said, the Jays and Porzingis, they're for the most part going to start. No, I think if Porzingis was coming off the bench uh, when the Celtics have their home opener, there would be protests outside the arena. <laughs> I mean, this guy has instantly become a fan favorite. Fans are in awe. They don't. They didn't watch a lot of Porzingis since he left left the Eastern Conference and then went to Washington. But boy, it is clear that he has special skills. Not only from the offensive standpoint, where he has been very explosive, but defensively. This guy is a real asset. And let's talk about this. Porzingis, who I think he blocked about a shot and a half last season. He is seven foot three. He does something that I think pretty much Celtic centers have not been able to do. And I'll and I'll even include Rob in this. In the drop coverage, when the when the other teams do pick and roll against the Celtics, they often are able to catch that Celtic big man in between and throw lobs to players like Mitchell Robinson of the Knicks. Twice on Tuesday night, Porzingis was able to bat away that alley-oop pass, and he also was able to block shots. So Porzingis is able to do all of those things as well as when a guard or a smaller player comes into the lane and they're thinking about shooting it, they just dribble it right back out. He could be a very, very lethal defensive asset, especially when you consider the four guys he's going to have around him. Yeah, it's going to be tremendous to see what he brings defensively. I mean, the guy is 7'3", who can really shoot over him or you know drive it up against him, especially if you're a guard. I remember one play in particular where DiVincenzo – Drove it to the lane, saw Porzingis there, and then, like you said, he tried to lob it to Mitchell Robinson, and that was a nothing but a turnover because it's going to be hard to do anything with the size that he brings. Uh, and then he also had a block from behind some to some extent uh, against Mitchell Robinson. So his size and length is going to be key to protecting that basket. That's definitely something we had an issue with the last few years, I know Rob kind of played that free safety role, but to me, protecting that basket is going to be vital. And he's one of the best against pick and roll defense. Sorry, against pick and roll offenses. So good mm-hmm. luck to Giannis and Lillard trying to run that pick and roll against the Celtics. Well, they've they've impressed so far, at least in the pick and roll. Lillard's still got some shooting woes right now, but. Yeah, th- those are going to be some wars. We talk about Joe Mazzula and Brad Stevens and how they study other sports. They're always picking the brains of Bill Belichick and going to other sports. And this after this last game, Joe Mazzula was talking about baseball. He sounded like a pitching coach, Guillermo. He said that uh, defensively, he's looking to add some curveballs to the repertoire. And one of those curveballs comes with this smaller lineup because – when the Celtics were shooting free throws, after a made free throw, they threw Derek White and Drew Holiday up forward and went into a full court press. It seemed to throw the Knicks for a little bit of a loss. Yeah, I love to see that. I love the full court press, especially when it's out of nowhere and unanticipated for the other team. Um, if you really think about it, you know, they never know when it's going to come and then. You have a tremendous backcourt that 
is great defensively. So good luck trying to get over that the halfway point of the, the court. And then once you're able to do that, you're at 16 seconds. You're trying to get your offense, you know, to start, and you're already kind of behind the eight ball uh, and trying to get the ball in the net. So I love to see it. I love the wrinkle, and I'm excited for uh, what's to come. I mean, we got to see uh, Porzingis even commented he's he's getting to choose when to uh, take those double teams um, and kind of bait the other team to make a mistake. And we also kind of got to see. Jason Tatum in that uh, free safety role that uh, Rob Williams played last year and kind of going around and then the defense will switch as the ball moves around the court. So it was, it was really exciting to see. It was, and it was very effective in spurts, but in other spurts, the Celtics were conceding a lot of three point shots. Quentin Grimes hit seven of them, for example. And, you know, there's certainly work to be done. And, and Thursday night down at the hive, the Celtics will have an opportunity maybe with just their reserves, but it'll be a chance for, to, for them to work on some of those other things. After this game, all of Celtics Twitter was blowing up with crazy, insane jinx predictions and all kinds of, all <laughs> kinds of crap. But our tweet of the week is from my guy, Michael Dyer. I love this guy. He's got some of the best takes on X. At Mike underscore Dyer, D-Y-E-R 13, he says, only preseason, blah, blah, blah. The Celtics are going to rip teams bleeping heads off this year, man. He says it all right there, doesn't he? Yeah, no lies detected there. Um, it's something that, again, we're all excited about. We're all chomping at the bit. We wanted to see these guys all together on the court, and we're just excited to get the season underway. Let's let's get to next week already, tip the ball off, and start this season. Well, we will see how the reserves do tonight. But clearly, the reinforcements that Brad Stevens went out and got, those two players have changed not only the Celtics' game plan on the court and their efficiency, but also just the overall vibe and the direction of the team. We talked about the players. When we come back next on Lucky's Lounge, we're going to talk about the coaches. The Celtics got outcoached last season. That has been addressed in a big way. Also, later on in the show, in our third segment, you can find out how to win a free Celtics jersey of your choice. That's the latest Lucky's Lounge giveaway. Stay tuned. You are listening to the Lucky's Lounge podcast. Uh, I mean, yeah, practice been hard as shit. I ain't gonna lie. Uh, we've been practicing a couple tour days, uh, but it's been good. Uh, we've been working hard. Um, second unit been pushing the first unit. We've had a lot of competitive days. Uh, so guys are excited. Guys in you know good shape. Guys been working uh, this off season, and uh, you know it's just like a freshness about this season and you know we got new staff new guys on the team so um you know i think everybody's just really excited and and ready to get going jason tatum with some extreme candor there apologies to any parents driving in their cars but we did have the sensor there uh celtics like all championship aspirational teams doing 
practicing very hard. And that's a very good sign that they're really getting after it on the practice court. Yeah, that's what I love to hear. Practice hard. The games are only going to be that much easier if you're practicing against each other with this team that is uh, built. It's it's only going to be that much easier when you go up against other teams in the league. So I love to hear those comments. Iron sharpens iron. And I liked how he said the reserves are pushing the starters. The Celtics do have some players on the bench that can really play physical. You saw the Knicks trying to out-physical the Celtics on Tuesday night, and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown weren't having it. The Celtics more than willing and more than able to get physical with other teams, and it looks like their practices have been physical as well. Yeah, it's exactly what we want to see. Change the culture, make sure that you know everybody is locked in, knows that it's going to be intense. These guys have already been working out all summer and came to training camp early. This is where they got to bring it and really tune into themselves so that they can be even that much better on the court. Tatum talked about Joe Missoula and what a great job he has done in changing the culture. Little by little, since he took over from Ime Odoka, just days before training camp last season. And one of the things that I thought was pretty interesting, the Celtics certainly highlighted this on their socials, was the pre-practice, or I don't know if it was pre-practice or post-practice, but the Celtics doing a little, uh, you know, touch football in the Auerbach Center. And Celtics showed that they had some guys that could play quarterback and some guys that could play receiver. Yeah, it's always fun to see those guys do something different. Uh, I think they played a little football last year, too. Tatum would be a tremendous receiver uh, if he chose that route. Uh, so it was again good to see them have some fun through the grind and kind of bond through some football. Yeah, they definitely were bonding. We've heard a lot about the Colorado Buffaloes and Coach Prime. Uh, Derek White looks like he could play some football. Also, Sam Hauser. Uh, I don't know what kind of arm he had, but some of the clips we saw of him going up and and making those sideline catches, it, it was fun to see. Speaking of culture change. Culture change starts at the top, Guillermo. And, you know, last year we lost to the Miami Heat, a team that, I mean, even their X hashtag is Heat Culture. Pat Mm. Riley, the boss, you know, instilling a militaristic culture of extreme physical fitness, mental toughness, and next man up. And I think that culture served them very well, but also the head coach, is also so key to winning. And and I don't look at it like Jimmy Butler or Caleb Martin beat the Celtics. I think it was all Eric Spolstra, Guillermo. And, you know, Joe Mazzulla was not, he was a little disadvantaged because of his own inexperience and the lack of experience assistance coaches to his left and to his right, or I guess to his right. Um, that's over now, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's over. I think that was definitely something that uh, was put to a spotlight during the playoffs. He was our coach last year, and that's part of the reason why we lost to an eight-seed heat. But remember what he was thrown into. Udoka was fired right before training camp. He lost his one of his main guys, Stoudemire, throughout the season. And he tried to get J.J. Redick to join the staff, uh, but that didn't happen. But this year, 
They had Sam Cassell. They had Charles Lee, who was a prominent figure for the Bucks last year. And they also had Emil Johnson. But then they also give it a little bit more and add, as a consultant, senior consultant, Jeff Van Gundy. How do you feel about that? Oh, I, I, I feel very good about that. Jeff Van Gundy was one of the best coaches in the NBA when he left the New York Knicks and the Houston Rockets, an outstanding basketball mind. In 2019, he led Team USA, a collection of G-leaguers, to the gold medal in the FIBA Americas Cup against teams like Argentina and others. And, you know, we saw this with Doc Rivers where when you go to be an analyst and you're working the games for ABC and ESPN, you're seeing all the best teams. You're getting to watch a lot of film. Those guys have to watch a lot of film to prepare for the broadcast. So a guy with Van Gundy's intelligence and experience and, frankly, wit is going to be a great right-hand man for Brad Stevens upstairs as well as Joe Mazzulla because he can help the Celtics prepare for opposing teams like the Knicks, but he can also help the Celtics with their with the main Celtics in the G League, and he can help them in player development. So there's a lot of different hats that he can wear for the Celtics. We talked about, you know, Coach Ime Adoka, who was a very good assistant coach for a number of teams, including the Spurs, including uh, the Brooklyn Nets when they had Kevin Durant mm-hmm. and Kyrie Irving. But his assistants, one of them is the coach of the Utah Jazz right now, Will Hardy, and he had Missoula. But Ime, neither Ime Odoka nor Joe Missoula last year had anybody on their bench who had any experience winning an NBA championship. And, and that says a lot. I mean, you look at the Warriors. I mean, Steve Kerr has great assistants. Uh, Mike Budenholzer had great assistance. So now the Celtics have three assistants, if you count Van Gundy. Lee, who won a championship with Budenholzer in Milwaukee. You have Cassell, who won a championship as a Celtic player and has, you know, with Ty Lue and Doc Rivers, has got a lot of great experience. And then Van Gundy, who led his team to the NBA Finals and is just a a super basketball mind. So when you're talking about a series like the one against the Warriors in the finals or the one against the heat last year, or the one that we barely won against the heat the year before where Butler misses a three that would have sent them to the NBA finals. I mean, it's, it's one or two possessions Guillermo. And so you need to get an advantage everywhere you can. And coaching is, as Miami showed us last year, it is absolutely critical. Yeah, I mean, that's something you can take towards life. You have to take every advantage you can in any opportunity that arises. So I love that he has multiple people who can get in his ear, and then he can also pick their brains as well. And I don't foresee him having those issues hopefully going into the season against experienced coaches like a Spo, like a Carlisle, like a Popovich, um, especially having those guys in that locker room with them and dissecting and looking at film. So I really foresee them 
banding together and it's always gonna filter through that one voice through joe right at the end of the day it's all on joe i uh, don't foresee him being in a hot seat situation because he has talented coaches around him i think that's why they gave him the extension last year so that he can be comfortable in the position he's in even though he has talented coaches around him the assistants are also huge we talked about Charles Lee and Sam Cassell. Lee, who who knows Drew Holiday very well, was credited for helping raise the level to make Grayson Allen an NBA starter, to raise the level of Chris Middleton as a perimeter scorer. I think you're going to see, you know, players like Peyton Pritchard and maybe Sam Hauser, maybe some of our other bench guys step up their games because of the presence of of Charles Lee. Sam Cassell, on the other hand, is really a player's coach. A lot of the players like working out with him. He's very well known for his creativity and the type of workouts that he can do that can get a little bit more out of mostly guards and perimeter players. Jason Tatum has been working with Sam Cassell the last two or three weeks. And look at what happened Tuesday night. I mean, those two players alone, if they can lift players like Brown and Tatum and Pritchard, you know, by 3% more than what they did last year. I mean, the, the Celtic ceiling is, is like Mount Everest. Yeah. And we even got to see, you know, the Celtics win a challenge, a coach's challenge uh, throughout the game against the Knicks. Uh, one of the coaches that doesn't get a lot of mentions is Matt Reynolds, who, they kind of lean on for the cha coaches challenge. So, you know, all those times that Grant Williams put his finger in the air, wagging it to get that challenge. Um, that's who they look for, for the approval to go ahead and do the challenges. Matt Reynolds, who has done a tremendous job in that role. We talked about the challenges a few weeks ago, but I felt like uh, Joe was judicious in his use of challenges because you want to save them for late in games. But now, with the new rules for this year that are just coming into effect, the Celtics can call a challenge at any point in the game, and if they win it, they do get a second challenge. So if Matt Reynolds is certain, and you know Brian Scalabrini was talking about Matt Reynolds during that game on Tuesday night, basically calling him the guru of the green light, if he's certain that he can overturn a call and you still get to keep one in your back pocket for the fourth quarter – then uh, Matt Reynolds becomes a more important assistant for this team. Oh, he's going to be vital to this season, especially how important timeouts are for Joe. And if he can nail these challenges, you can start calling him the Green Lantern. We will certainly hear. <laughs> I like that nickname. Let's let's write that. Can you do you take credit for that? Uh, trademark it now. No, that was our new announcer, uh, Drew, calling out. Yeah, uh, the Nick, the yeah, Green Lantern. Preseason P, the Green Lantern. He is the man. Uh, we talked about lineups, and you know, in practice and after the game on Tuesday night, it, almost to a man, the, the Celtics Super Six essentially said, "Look, we don't care who starts." Jason Tatum, who has started every game since he's been in the NBA, Guillermo, since he was 19 years old, he's not going to the bench. And probably Jalen Brown, an all-NBA player, is not as well. But the other four guys, any one of them could, could start. Any one of them could go to the bench. And 
they pretty much all agree that that's okay, whatever it takes. Uh, tonight in Charlotte, we're probably going to see our fifth different starting lineup. And so when we, when we open at Madison Square Garden, it's anybody's guess as to who starts. Uh, we can go over it again. I think you like the smaller lineup. I like double bigs. But it really doesn't matter, does it? No, it doesn't matter who starts. It's all about how they play throughout the game and, most importantly, how they finish the game as a cohesive Super 6. Yeah, even the finishing, though, somebody's going to be out. I mean, the Celtics have a, a luxury of, you know, they have a, this is a problem most teams would like to have. They have an embarrassment of riches with these six players. Somebody's going to have to sit out unless, you know, somebody fouls out or, or I won't even say what the other thing that could happen is. But, you know, if, if they're all eligible to play, somebody's sitting out. Yeah, and I think that'll be based on matchups or how the game's going for those six players. Uh, for the most part, I can see them kind of closing out a game with the double bigs because of the rebounding. But I can also see them going with the two guards in the backcourt because of the defense that they bring. So it'll be kind of interesting to see how that plays out throughout the year. Absolutely. Well, before we go to break, we just want to remind everybody that you can give us your feedback by emailing us luckysloungepod at gmail.com or come into our DMs on X at luckysloungepod. Guillermo, we had multiple viewer comments this week, at least three, basically saying, and, and I'm paraphrasing here, Guillermo needs to chill on the Peyton Pritchard trade talk. <laughs> I love you guys. I love Peyton. It's just something that we've always talked about because he was on that last year, but then we had to reiterate because of the contract he got, but I love Peyton. Hey, speaking of feedback, was there any fallout in the Diaz household over the, over my, uh, you know, what would you give up for a year to win a championship? Cause my wife has, I'm pretty sure my wife didn't listen to the podcast. Yeah, same here. I don't think my fiance caught those uh, comments. I did talk to her about it over a dinner, and she kind of laughed at it. Uh, but she knows we're crazy for our Celtics. I mean, I've been talking to fans all week long from other teams, and I talked to, like, Steelers fans. And um, the only fan base that I that agreed with us, like Celtic fans would probably do it, you and I would do it, was University of Nebraska football. I mean, those are some thirsty fans. And, uh, I mean, they were like, we'd do it for five years. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, but uh, anyway, wh when we come back, we're going to have Lucky's List for you. And also, is anybody surprised James Harden is missing in action? Where is the 76ers point guard? And are we going to be extending one of our key players? All of that and more when we come back. You are listening to Lucky's Lounge Podcast. Stay right there. Welcome back to Lucky's Lounge, everybody. Before we get to Lucky's List and Lucky's Hero about this show, to like-minded Celtic fanatics continue to give us five-star ratings on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and spread the word. We are very grateful to you. Uh, by the way, we had our first contest winner in our seats Tuesday night at the Garden. Alvaro De Leon of Newport, Rhode Island, tweeted out a picture of himself wearing a Tatum jersey, Guillermo, and... Tatum goes off with 28 points. Do we need to 
pay for him to go down to New York City with his Tatum jersey at Madison Square Garden. I mean, we might have to. We we need Tatum to continue to have uh, the games that he just had this past uh, night of playing against the Knicks. I love the jersey. That black jersey is beautiful. And, uh, yeah, he brought Tatum some luck shooting those threes. Speaking of jersey, since we're on topic, uh, Green runs deep. GRD, I saw on his feed earlier today that the Celtics – have a new, what do we call this, a city's jersey? You want to give your thoughts about it? Yep, so the new city edition jersey uh, this year is a white one. Last year we had the green Celtics tribute to Bill Russell. Uh, But this one looks like a white and green one with a hint of brown or gold. And looks like it has some wood or parquet on the sides of the jersey. How did you feel about it? I think it's gross. I mean, look, the parquet thing <laughs> on the side is is it just it's weird looking. Um, I, I keep seeing people on X going, "Oh, this jersey is fire!" It's like, please take my money. I mean, how many different jerseys do all of these teams have? It's it's just a cash grab by Nike and the NBA. The Celtics. Does the word classic mean anything to you? We have two classic jerseys. They are iconic. Right. And we don't need anything else. Sorry, I, ha- I hate to be the, you know, Walt Kowalski, the old guy. But uh, we have the best jerseys in the NBA, period. And I just think it's embarrassing when we come out with, with garbage like this. No, I mean, if it's going to come from us, we're two Celtic purists. So we love just the regular either white Celtic or green Celtic jerseys. Um, I do prefer them dropping city alternates every year as opposed to the one Christmas alternate that they would drop um, years prior. But every city edition jersey that I've seen this year, including the Celtic one, is not pretty this year. Uh, They need to give a shout out to my guy Pete Rogers to help him design some jerseys because I have not seen one that I like. Yeah, he's actually done a lot better job than than whatever clowns uh, did this one this year. Let's get to Lucky's Hero, and then we'll get to the list. Lucky's Hero this week is Lieutenant Junior Gr- This is a Navy guy. Lieutenant Junior Grade Nicholas Porter of U.S. Strategic Command. He is an intelligence analyst for U.S. Strategic Command. Uh, full disclosure, that's where I work. And uh, these are the folks who keep countries like Russia, China, North Korea, and Iran in check. Uh, Lieutenant J.G. Porter has a very important job. I I can't really tell you too much about it, but he does deal in uh, top secret information. And obviously, you know what Stratcom does. Yeah. Shout out to Lieutenant Porter. Really appreciate what you do. And especially during times like this where, you know, the world is kind of going nuts. Uh, Just keep us safe and let's pray for peace. I can tell you he is very excited about the Celtics and um you know for all of us whether you're in the military or you're a first responder or you're just watching in horror what's going on on television sports are a good escape and uh, Celtic fans are are feeling very good right about now. Let's get to Lucky's list. Item number 1 on Lucky's list. It was reported last week that Derek White is in talks with the Celtics on a contract extension. Now the shot clock is running down. I think they have until the 23rd, Guillermo, if I'm not mistaken, to sign him to an extension. For his part, White says 
Look, I love it here. I, I certainly want to extend, but I'm okay if I don't. Either way, I'm just focused on the season. What, what do you expect from Derek White? I mean, he always says and does the right thing. This is just a great guy and a great player. I'd love to see this happen. Yeah, tremendous Celtic is somebody who I would love to have the Celtics lock up. And that's something that we've been trending to see, right? They trade for Porzingis. They lock him up. Uh, they just traded for Holiday. I know they've also talked about potentially locking up uh, Holiday past the player option after the next, this year. Uh, they've just locked up uh, Jalen Brown to an extension. And then we have the Jason Tatum extension coming up at the end of the year. So let's just get the core intact and under contract so that these guys can gel and just be uh, a great cohesive unit for years to come. Now, White, uh, who did play four years in college, I, I don't know what his exact age is. I would say probably late 20s. So he's younger than he looks because he shaved his head, uh, probably in solidarity with his little boy. Um, but, you know, this is a player who is on the third year of a four-year, $70 million deal he signed with the Spurs. So the Celtics have him through the 2025 season, but this is a no-brainer extending him, Guillermo. I mean, he's one of the best guards in the NBA. He, uh, he is one of the best defensive guards in the NBA, led the league in blocks for guards. All defensive um, team. Unfortunately. All defensive team. Right. Yeah, definitely. But unfortunately, ESPN left him out of their top 100. Yeah, I mean, here's what I have to say about that. First of all, anytime, anytime you put you know 19 year olds in charge of you know building a list, um, somebody's going to accidentally get left out. I don't think this was ignorance. I just think it was ineptitude. But frankly, I don't care about that. I mean, there's one list that matters, and it's the top 15. Okay, and I can tell you right now that there aren't any Celtics in the top 15. There aren't any Lakers in the top 15. They're all Denver Nuggets. The only list that matters is those 15 guys that win the championship. And so I think that's where Derek White, I think that's what he actually cares about. And all of this other stuff, all of the stuff that you hear on X or that you read every day, it's all meaningless. And I mean, I see fans getting upset about it. Who cares? Let's just win the next game. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and I knew that was a, a, a touchy subject for you. Um, but how do you feel about Mr. Hot Hands, Derek White, you know, being referred to as someone that D'Lo wants to embody this season, uh, a Laker, a peer of his on the other side of the country? Yeah, impressive to hear that coming from D'Angelo Russell, who has obviously matured a great deal. This is a guy who was an all-star with the Brooklyn Nets, which it was a down year for guards in the East back when we had the East-West format. Uh, more on that in a second. But obviously for him to choose Derek White as a role model shows how much D'Angelo Russell has matured because I think, you know, he represents everything that is good about the grind. I mean, this is a guy who played Division Two for three years, made it up to Division One, got drafted late, you know, earned the favor of Greg Popovich and is now starting for the 17-time world champions. And, and look what he did in the playoffs last year. He is a great father, a great husband, uh, a great citizen. 
And so in so many ways, Derek White is everything that's right with the NBA. And so, you know, kudos to D'Angelo Russell for saying that. You know, I think uh, I think every guard should look up to him, including some of the more talented players. Yeah, I love to hear players wanting to emulate what they see. And I know he wasn't, you know, on that top 100, but players in the league know what Derek White brings night in and night out. And I just love how humble he is. He doesn't really care about what's going on with the contract. He just wants to be on the court playing. Bill Simmons. I don't know uh, if he's still with the ringer or where he is, but everybody knows Bill Simmons. Bill Simmons said he voted in this and he voted Derek White at number 54 and James Harden at number 56, which leads us to item number two on Lucky's list. James Harden on Wednesday morning did not attend the Philadelphia 76ers practice, which I believe was in Pennsylvania, Guillermo. And he was in Houston, apparently. Yeah, Harden continues to be MIA. Uh, That Clippers trade has not fallen through for him. The Sixers aren't getting what they want in terms of players and picks from the Clippers. And they're not willing to budge with Harden yet. So it seems like... It's going to be a waiting game, and who knows what shenanigans Harden will pull in the next few weeks or months. Well, this could only be the beginning for Harden. He had been practicing. He missed the first two days of training camp. Then he showed up, and while he hasn't played in the preseason yet, neither has Joel Embiid, by the way, uh, he had been practicing, but now all of a sudden he's missing an action. Joel Embiid clearly isn't happy, so stay tuned. This could drag on past the start of the season, and I didn't think he'd be a 76er on Halloween night, but he may be. Item number three on Lucky's list, the New York Knicks get blown out. We mentioned it earlier, get blown out by the Wizards at Madison Square Garden. Uh, Not a good night for Jalen Brunson. Uh, We had a huge day for Jordan Poole, 41 points. But the Knicks, Guillermo, did look pretty good at times against the Celtics on Tuesday night. And so as the Celtics get ready to play their opener against the New York Knickerbockers, where do they stand in the Eastern Conference based on what you've seen in these two preseason games? I would say they stand just outside of the top five in the East. Top five? Um, I think they're still... No, just outside of the top five. So I would say... Yes. Really? So six or seven. Yeah, I think they're still knocking at the door to leap into that top five because of the roster makeup. I still don't like how their roster looks. As I don't think they have great wings. I know they have Barrett, but besides Barrett, I don't think they have great wings to be able to compete with the rest of the East. Well, I, I tell you, on Tuesday night, I liked what I saw out of Quentin Grimes and Isaiah Hartenstein who was just kind of a hustle player and a rebounder now appears to have added some range. I think the Knicks will be better and I think they will be in the top five. I'm going to say that they will push for uh, home court in the first round and the Celtics who lost three games to the Knicks last year, going to have their hands full on Wednesday night. So uh, we'll have to see, you know, I know everybody's going to be watching that one with bated breath Uh, But it's not, uh, by any stretch, going to be an easy one for the Celtics. Item number three on Lucky's list. And we'll we'll go to the sneaker wars now. Jason Tatum and Tatum 1s. I was at uh, 
a store here in Nebraska called Shields, which is an incredible store. I don't think they have them on the East Coast, but it's like a multi-level sporting goods store. They had the Tatum ones. They had them in white. They had them in black and black and red. I didn't buy them. They didn't look very good. But you're telling me, Guillermo, apparently there are Celtic colors out now. Yes. So on the way, I saw it on X uh, to be coming out soon, are black and green Tatum ones. Definitely a colorway I want to get my hands yep, on. I'm going to have to put that on my list for Santa. Also, staying on the shoes, uh, Joel Embiid, apparently deep into negotiations. Apparently, he is about to sign a huge deal to be the chief basketball pitchman for Skechers. Apparently, Skechers is getting into the basketball game. I guess Skechers outbid Saucony and Brooks, and so Joel Embiid is going to try to bring Skechers level with Nike, New Balance, Adidas, some of these other brands. Um, you know, I'm 51 years old. I wear Skechers. I mean, this is this is this a bad move by Embiid? He's probably going to be getting paid a ton. I mean, I mean, this is. It's just hilarious to me. I, you know, I'm speechless to hear that Skechers is getting in the basketball game. I've not seen one pair of Skechers that I've liked. Uh, so I'm interested to see what comes out of this. For me, I really like some of the uh, Chinese uh, corporations that have uh, linked to some of the NBA players. Anta. like. And to uh, correct, um, I forget where uh, Austin Reeves signed to, uh, but he got his decent deal as well. Um, and I've liked the sneakers that they've put out. I haven't been able to get my hands on any of them, uh, but I have liked some of those Gordon Hayward answers uh, that have been developed. Oh, he's Anta? I thought he was with New Balance. Yes. Well, you know, I, I do like Skechers for walking shoes. I mean, if Embiid's agent wants, I mean, he could probably get him some deals with like Icy Hot and maybe, uh, you know, Mott's Applesauce or something like that. But uh, M- Embiid <laughs> is probably getting paid a ton of money, so uh, let's not knock it. At least they're not, uh, you know, the uh, big baller brand where like the shoe's going to fall apart in the first quarter. Listen, if Skechers endorses us, I'm rocking Skechers. So let me stop laughing. Yeah, Skechers. And uh, give a kudos to Embiid and uh, Julius Randle. Lucky's Lounge will be all about Skechers if they want to endorse this show. And like I said, I already already wear their product. Item number three on Lucky's list. And this is, you know, a lot of people have said this. I have thought this, but I will say it now. The Celtics were very close the last two years to win a championship. Probably should have won against the Warriors and could have won last year, but they choked both times. They better hurry up and win because it looks like San Antonio and Victor Wembiana are heading towards the promised land very soon. Did you see the game against the Miami Heat where Victor Wembiana uh, lifted the game of basketball to new heights, literally? Oh, yeah. I mean, he had a dunk over uh, Thomas Bryant to where Bryant looked over to a camera that was on the sidelines and said, basically, what else could I do? Because he got dunked on by Wemby. Uh, No, Wemby even had a nutmeg today against uh, the Rockets and uh, Reggie Bullock went right through his legs. And 
the guy can dribble like a guard, he can shoot like a wing, and he can jump over you with that seven foot four uh, height. So is, he's going to be a terror for the league coming soon. He had one block shot against the Heat that I've never seen somebody get up that high. Um, his wingspan mm. is so incredible. And then he had a play where he basically dribbled coast to coast, went down beneath the foul line and shot a step back fadeaway jump shot from about 14 feet, mm. which is unblockable. There's no player in the NBA that can block that shot. So, I mean, the Spurs, again, that's clean living. They, they keep winning these lotteries and get these generational players, but I would expect the Spurs to be pretty competitive on most nights this year, Gamble. Yeah, I think the West in general is going to be much more competitive than the East. I think they have some pretty stacked rosters and then also some pretty young rosters. The Rockets, I think they're going to compete with what the, they're building. Uh, the Grizzlies are definitely going to compete. The Pelicans, if Zion is locked in, that's somebody also that's going to be out there uh, lifting up that team. So I'm interested to see how the West ends up at the end of the season. Yeah, well, I was watching on NBA TV, watching the Celtics game. My wife walked in and said, Who, who's that guy right there? I said, that's Zion. And she calls him Zion. And she said, wow, because he was doing some incredible plays. I think he had about four steals, some poster jams. But then she said, but he's still fat. So, uh, you know, I think <laughs> Zion is uh, healthy and showing what he can do. And if he is healthy, the Pelicans will be right there in the playoff race. Um, item number four, and we go back to some merchandise items. Jazz fans revolt. Apparently, uh, some of the young geniuses at Nike made a Jumpman shooting shirt or some sort of basketball shirt that said Utah Jazz Basketball with a massive Air Jordan Jumpman logo right under the word jazz. And jazz fans revolted and Nike apologized and is pulling the line. I mean, isn't that obvious, Guillermo, given the history between the Jazz and the Bulls? Yeah, I hadn't seen this till you brought this up pre-show, and I just Googled it, and yeah, that is such a slap in the face to all Jazz fans. Um, I'm glad they pulled that because that is just not a sight to see for any Jazz fans. It's not great, especially after what he did to uh, Russell in that in that playoff. Yeah, game. I mean that would be like you know Laker fans getting a you know a, a shirt with uh, a picture of ML Carr smoking a cigar and laughing. I mean it, it's just it, it doesn't compute. And, and not only would none of those be bought, but I'd be worried about the store there because Jazz fans uh, were so close, and uh, Michael Jordan willed his team to victory both times against a very good. Jazz team. Final item on Lucky's list, and this is very good news. We've talked about it on this show. I've talked about it since the NBA made the mistake to change the all-star format. But Adam Silver went on ESPN today and basically foreshadowed a change in the all-star game format. It looks, Guillermo, like they are going to ditch the AAU, you know, captains pick their team format. And it looks like we could be going back to East versus West. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. This is exactly what we need. I'm done with the LeBron being the captain and picking his teams. 
I'm tired of that. I'm ready for something new to some folks, but old to us. I think in addition to it, I know they're going to still make the jerseys to sell, but let's go back to where they had to wear their team jerseys. And I just think they're still going to be competitive, no matter if you go east, west, or you know, choose captains for the, the games. But I love this news. It is great news. Now, on X, you notice that people above the age of about 21 are agreement with us. And a lot of the younger folks are like, well, why? I liked the other format. Um, I just, I think for us, number one, I hate seeing Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum on separate teams. And the Celtics could have multiple All-Stars this year, just like they did, I think it was 2010, we had four All-Stars on. I mean, the Celtics have a lot of potential All-Stars on their team. It'd be great if we could get some uh, this year. And I'd like to see them playing on the same team. But also the idea of East versus West. Let's bring it back. I mean, I, I... you know, people say, oh, the West is better. Okay, prove it. You know, I, I like that. I like the rivalries. I never It never sat well with me to see, you know, LeBron playing with, you know, Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. It's just I, I like to have the enmity. I like to have the rivalries. And I think that most fans agree, which is why Adam Silver is changing it back. Yeah, I mean, it was good to see JB versus JT because we only see it in some snippets of practice. So they got that out the way last year. Tatum won his finals, uh, sorry, all-star game MVP. Um, so let's move forward from it. Let's get back to East versus West. Let's get that rivalry going so that when these teams play uh, night in, night out throughout the year, it's a little more zazz to it. And then when they meet in the finals, they, they can, you know, kind of, grit and grind and batter each other once they get to that stage. Yeah, bring back the rivalries, rivalries and super teams. And uh, by the way, speaking of super teams, I'm going to add one more item to Lucky's list. Item number three on Lucky's list. <laughs> Just kidding. I know, I know I've said item number three like six times during this list. I need to write these numbers down, but it's like things keep popping up while we're recording. The Las Vegas Aces have just won their second consecutive WNBA championship um, kudos to those ladies, Becky Hammond, the head coach there. I'm very, I am a huge fan of Candace Parker and Kelsey Plum. Um, congratulations to the aces, Guillermo. Yeah. Congrats. Back to back is hard to do. Um, I'm a huge fan of Becky Hammond, uh, coming from, you know, being a, a coach in for the Spurs and that Popovich tree. So kudos to her and Ajay Wilson for, winning the finals MVP. So great job, ladies. Yeah, the New York Liberty were a super team themselves. I mean, the the final score tonight, I believe, was 70 to 69, a very hard-fought game. Um, You know, a lot of fans don't like uh, the WNBA in terms of NBA fans. They find it boring. I'm I'm sort of a basketball purist. I don't need to see alley-oops every five seconds. I kind of enjoy it. The, the, The Liberty player... Uh, the three-point shooter, she's incredible, Ionescu. Yeah, Sabrina is awesome to watch. Uh, the ladies are phenomenal to watch. I mean, I know that if I went up against them, they would cook me. So um, it's always fun to see from time to time throughout the year. And um, I'm hoping Wick, like he spoke about, is able to bring a team to Boston. 
Yeah, I think, you know, having the, the sun there in Connecticut is is fine, but I think the Celtics should have a, a sister team there in the garden. I think it would be amazing. And um and I, I would go as a Celtic season ticket member, I think I would I would uh welcome the chance to go see some of those games. And I think a lot of Celtic fans would as well. Okay, finally tonight. I want to talk about our giveaway. We've got another giveaway, Guillermo, and this one is going to be for the November 1st game against the Indiana Pacers. You ready to talk about this? Oh, yeah, I'm excited about this one. Yeah, now we're not giving away the seats, okay? We're going to we're gonna go to the game. Um, we'll probably be out there interviewing some of you, the fans, and, and putting you guys on the show to get your reactions to the game. November 1st is also Seats for Soldiers, so we will see a lot of Lucky's Heroes in the house. We look forward to shaking their hands and, and meeting some of them. But the giveaway is this. To all listeners who intend to attend the November 1st game against the Indiana Pacers, you have an opportunity to win a Celtics jersey of your choice. If you want that Trash City Edition jersey, you can get that. Um, you can get a Pritchard jersey. You can get a Drew Holiday jersey. Personally, I think you might want to go for a Porzingis jersey. Whichever jersey you want, all you got to do is make sure that you are following Lucky's Lounge on X, at Lucky's Lounge Pod, and then DM us. Okay? D- our DMs are open. DM us with the jersey that you want, your jersey size, and the player that you want. And if you win, oh, and your seat location your seat location. And if you win, you will walk out of there with the jersey of your choice, courtesy of Lucky's Lounge. Guillermo, what do you think about that? You and I cannot enter, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for whoever's going to win this. I mean, it's a brand new jersey to start out uh, this epic season that the Celtics are going to have. I, for one, would probably go Porzingis, but uh, if you're loyal to the Jays and want to pick one of those, by all means, or happy that holiday's here, that's another jersey to add to your arsenal. Uh, so I'm excited to um, give this away to the fans that listen each and every week. And uh, thanks for being committed to this podcast. Yeah, we love our listeners. And, you know, those of you that go to the games. Uh, you deserve it more than anybody. Got to be loud. You know, this is going to be a big game and uh, we're all very excited, but um, listen to our podcast, follow us on X and put your Jersey size and desired Jersey into our DMS. And you could walk out of there with the Jersey of your choice. Well, that's it for this week. Guillermo final thoughts for this episode. I'm feeling pretty good going into the final preseason game uh, of the season. Yeah, super excited to see who plays tomorrow and who will make the team after tomorrow. And let's just get this season underway. I'm ready to go. I know the team is pretty much ready to go. Let's get to tip off in Madison Square Garden. And then let's be loud against the Heat on the 27th. I'm sorry, who are we playing on the 27th? The Heat. I don't, I don't even, I didn't hear you. It's the Knicks on the 25th and that is it. And our next show will be after that game coming up. Um, probably the morning of 
our second game against whoever it is. I, I don't know who we're playing, but we will have a podcast next week after the home opener. And until then, enjoy this final preseason game. Get your tickets for the November 1st game and enter our contest. You could win a Celtics jersey. For Guillermo Diaz, I'm Captain Ron Flanders. Thank you for listening to Lucky's Lounge. Go Celtics.